First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. When I sat down to start this sermon, I knew I wanted to start with my coming out story, but then I thought, wait, which coming out story? The one where I was jolted into awareness at a bar in New York by a friend from Liverpool? Or the one where I went to my first Pride March and saw someone I worked with and realized we had just come out to each other? Or the one where I finally told a member of my family that I was gay who replied, color me surprised? Or the one about how I became an activist and helped lead pride marches and ate fire on the steps of the North Carolina Capitol and protested in gardening gear at a senator's house. Or maybe I tell the story about how I came out again to myself a year later when I realized that I wasn't actually just a lesbian. Or the one about how I came out to others as bisexual after wrestling with the stigma attached to the term. Or this story where I am coming out to you, a congregation I don't know, but feel a connection to because of our shared faith. Because the truth is, there is no one story that we tell. Just as all our lives unfold in myriad ways, so do our comings out. There is no one story. Now, it is true that some of the issues we face are shared, the backlash against trans folk, whispers about overturning marriage equality, those are issues that we share, and yet everyone under the LGBTQIA umbrella will not have the same view. If you talk to one trans person, you've talked to one trans person. But that one trans person does have a story to tell. And they are the authority of their own story. You, however you identify, you are the authority of your own story. And so is everyone else about theirs. And oh, how rich our stories are. We have the ability to listen deeply. Deep listening requires in part getting our own egos out of the way. So we can actually take in each other's stories, not just coming out stories, although those are rich and notable today on this weekend of National Coming Out Day, but all the stories of our lives, the stories that shape our identities. In her book, The Power of Stories, Reverend Jacqueline Lewis reminds us that our identities are formed by stories told to us, about us, and around us. We are living texts formed by multiple interweaving, competing, and sometimes conflicting stories that we receive from our culture via our parents, other adults, our peers, the media, and congregational life. Stories about race, gender, theology, generational differences, sexual orientation, ethnicity, and class work consciously and unconsciously to form our identity. Stories also teach us values, ethics, and meaning. Stories help us know who we are and who we are not. They create boundaries or borders for us. We have so many stories, and we sometimes forget 
how seemingly similar people can be and how seemingly different those similar people can be. As Zen teacher David Ridnick writes, in a true encounter with another human being, we come face to face with the mystery of life. In some way, every other person, no matter how well we know them, will remain as mysterious to us as a country across the ocean we only read about in books. When we judge other people or other countries by our native standards, we miss the richness and texture of their life and wisdom. We need to learn to be good tourists, to be curious and respectful. We need to appreciate what is both the same and what is different. Too often we get stuck in the trap of believing we already know who someone else is. But whenever we encounter another human being with respect for this essential unknown, we create the possibility for something genuinely new to emerge. In every interaction, he closes. Whether it is with a stranger or a longtime partner, we can be surprised by what we have not yet seen or even imagined. So each of us is different. And each of us is needed to draw this circle of love wide. Each part of us is needed to draw this liberative circle where all people can share the wealth of the earth, where hunger, poverty, and homelessness are not tolerated, where discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice are replaced with radical welcome, where peace, love, and trust triumph over fear and hatred. When we listen with a loving heart and an open mind, we help create a world where no one is outside the circle of love. And we need all of our stories if we are to authentically do this work. We need their textures, their tones, their shading, their dissonances, their harmonies. Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout, the director of worship at First Universalist in Minneapolis, suggests that there is a connection between the composition of music and how we can draw the circle of love wide. Right out asks us to think about the difference between blend and harmony, one requiring sameness and the other requiring difference. Here's how it goes. <coughs> Music is a series of notes played in combination and can create a chord. Right? And so when we move from isolated individualism into community, we become rich. We sound like a chord. Each note is articulated, but together the sound is a greater whole. When we seek harmony, we're trying to make things fit together to be pleasing and familiar. At times we seek unity or blend where the voices are indistinguishable like water droplets in a pond. But at times we're also to call to keep individual notes distinct while still making music together. We can use this analogy of musical harmony when talking about inclusion in our congregations and in our lives. Think about when we're exposed to a culture that's different from our own. We can either look only for the parts that blend with our own lives and reject other parts because they don't blend, or we can welcome the harmonies noticing that our personal articulated note interacts with others 
to create a beautiful chord. And sometimes we simply overlook the harmonies because we don't understand them enough to recognize them. That's not helpful either. And so we must listen more deeply to hear the differences as well as the resonances, to hear the rich dissonance. And this doesn't come naturally. With few exceptions, humans can only sing one note at a time. And yet we have all of these stories, all of these notes, all of these identities. I'm not just a woman. I'm a European-American bisexual cisgender woman who grew up in upstate New York. I have a chronic illness. I'm a minister, a singer, a cat owner, a West Wing fan. Right? We have these complexities. So then it's on us not just to believe that that's true, but then to make space to do it. It starts with shifting a narrative that we buy into. And that's not easy because there are long held narratives in our culture that won't let go of racism, xenophobia, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, classism, and ableism. Admitting that these narratives aren't working matters. And so we do it by checking our assumptions. What are your assumptions about another person's story? Does a woman speaking passionately in a meeting make you feel uncomfortable? Do you feel defensive when a person of color points out that you've shown disrespect? Do you wonder if all the different pride flags is overkill? What role do stereotypes play in your assessment of what's happening? Do you get frustrated when somebody with a disability points out that they can't access some of our spaces? I mean, all too often our emotions get in the way from accepting another story as being valid. We dig in our emotional heels and feel some combination of frustration, anxiety, and maybe shame. But we don't have to rest there. We have the opportunity to let those emotions remind us that there are many stories and to decentralize ourselves. It takes asking, who am I in the story? What's the other side of the story? Am I complicit in telling a false or damaging story? So many times we hold on to a narrative because we're so invested in our own viewpoint. But remember, we are only the main character of our own story for everyone else, including partners, parents, children. We're but supporting players. And by and large, we go through life lucky if we're glorified extras. And so if it's not our story, we need to sit down and listen to the people whose story it is. Whether it is a woman who's been raped or a black man who's been shot by police or an imam whose Islamic center was burned down by an arsonist or a fellow congregant who feels slighted and more, we have to believe them and trust that they are the authority of their own story. And then we retell we reconcile and we respond. 
Because if you know the kind of person I am and I know the kind of person you are, we may be able to correct the narrative and not get lost in the park and find our star. The work of inclusion isn't one and done. It takes attention every day, listening every day, thinking every day about the many identities and stories that exist around us. Remembering that your story or mine isn't the only one in this space. The work of inclusion isn't just about saying we're welcoming, but actually being welcoming. Not just making space at the table, but making space in our processes and our behaviors. It takes all of us awake people to be awake. No, this isn't easy. Nothing I've preached today has been easy. Kind, kindness, justice, compassion, covenant. It's all hard work because it's personal work and it requires patience and it for, requires forgiveness, most of all, of ourselves. We all have these identities hidden and revealed. We all have experienced joys and sorrows. We all have the cultural and religious settings of our youth and our present. We all have experience. We experiences we'd rather not have had, and blessings we are grateful to honor. We all have different identities. There is no such thing as normal, and so we tell our complex human stories out of all of these things. They're interesting. They're informative, and they tell us things we don't know. And they create the harmony, the rich complex, beautiful harmony of our congregation, our community, and our lives. So listen to one another's stories. Make space for them. Make it possible for people to learn who you are and to tell you who they are. Believe them. Listen from them. And when needed, help make this place a little better for them. This intimate way of connecting to one another is how we do the work of liberation for all. This is how we affirm our principles. This is how we draw the circle of love wide. They're worth it. You're worth it. We are all worth it. Amen. Thank you.